We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? What's your favourite scary movie? Unscripted Nights. Uh, I'd probably be Dracula, I think. Yeah. yeah, probably Dracula. Yeah. I feel weird. My headphones aren't working properly, so I feel like I can't hear myself. But I'm sure I'm making noise. I keep, I keep bringing my my headphones to the show with me. Oh, there we go. But the uh, the headphones they need uh, the cable, and the cable is currently situated in the car uh, mm-hmm. because I have a like very very lovely that my mother has mm-hmm. uh, lent me her her automobile because um, she uh, unfortunately has a, a, ba- a macular degeneration in her eyes, so mm. she can't really see well enough to drive anymore. Uh, so she's lent me her car while I wait for my car, and it's only been uh, you know. 14 or 15 months now. Yeah. So, you know, it's not too long. I mean... Not too long a wait. Yeah, I'd be going insane myself. I've got um, people who know me well, uh, as in my family, and my husband call me Veruca Salt because I don't want it. I want it now. Yeah. So I have no patience for anything. So I can't imagine waiting 14 months for something as exciting as a car. But, you know... Good things are worth worth waiting for. Yes, yes. So I'm, uh, it's 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 my my Rav four that I'm I'm waiting on. Uh, had its two year anniversary of the wait in uh, December last year. <laughs> so no, one year. One year. So one yep. year anniversary. Yep. Um, but apparently I'm 22nd on the list at this dealership. So That's good because I think the last time I talked to you, yeah. you're in the 30s. Was, so it's it's coming. Yeah, I was 34 in November. And now I'm 22nd. Uh-huh. So you know, it's, it's you've it's only got it another year to wait oh, at d- least. Tops, tops. <laughs> But yeah, so that's good. But it is one of those things, though, because um, uh, so I am borrowing my mum's car, which mm. means I'm making sure that I'm you know keeping it healthy, getting it main- maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does it costs a lot more for your services because every single time you take a, an older car to the, uh, the thing to get serviced, there's something wrong with it. Tend to find something else that needs to be done, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, your service is only three hundred dollars, uh, but this thing's going to cost you a grand. Mm. And it's like, nice, thank you very much. And I'm going to take it to get serviced tomorrow, and there's something uh, there's a high pitched squealing sound oh, in the car. That'll be the fan belt. It'll, yeah, it'll be a belt of some kind, but uh, um, that's what I'm hoping. And it's not, don't you love it nefarious. when you think you know stuff about cars but and you make it sound like you know <laughs> stuff about cars? I don't know anything about cars, but when thing, things make a squeaky sound, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's the fan belt. Um, yep. I look forward to it when, when cars are like, you know, the electric cars are more affordable and you, we've got battery technology in the house so that, you know, if you've got solar panels, you just juice up your battery all day and then you just charge your car overnight and then you don't yeah. have to think about um, petrol, things like that. And then it's just like the, 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 the mechanics of the car is just so much more reduced. It's like press one button, to, press one pedal to go, press one pedal to stop. That's yeah, it. I don't like the buttons and like those 
newfangled cars with like you just have to have the key in your pocket or something and it starts. I mean, that's weird. They're not even newfangled. Or like press a button and it starts the engine as long as you've got your keys in yeah. I don't like it. It's not newfangled. That car I'm driving now is about 12 years old and that's got to push the button and it starts. Really? Yeah. Oh, well... Debbie, my car, is 14 years old this year, so there's nothing exciting about her at all. Um, she's very old mm, mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and overdue for a service. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Um, I did start the show by um, creepily saying, what's your favourite? Mm. Uh, I wasn't creepy at all. What's your favourite movie? Um, no, that's not what he says anyway. It's what's your favourite scary, scary movie? movie yes. uh, which tells you we've gone to see Scream 6. Uh, we saw it, all of us saw it last night. So um, Cecilia's just on her way in, stuck in traffic. It is a bit of a nightmare out there. Uh, Cecilia, if you're listening and you, you're like more than halfway here, keep coming. <laughs> if you're less than halfway here, feel free to drive home because that traffic is just not acceptable and, you know, just go home and take care of yourself. Put your feet up and just chill. It's really just, uh, yeah, not not good traffic. Like It was bananas yeah. getting here, so I don't know what it was like coming the other direction. Um, but So we will talk about Scream. There's a bunch of other movies that Cecilia's seen, so if she um, gets here, which I'm sure she will, um, she can go through the list of things that she's seen. And we do have some tickets to give away to the Blue Kaftan, which is a Moroccan film featuring in the Perth Festival. It's out next week, so we can post these out for you. Um, You can give us a call when we play an ad on uh, 9494 Well done. Well done, us. It's somewhere here. There it is. And I was trying to remember it, but... um, I've been saying my work phone number all day, so I'm like, please don't give out your work phone number. That's <laughs> going to be totally orcs. Um, but this is a a drama from Morocco, which has had very strict releases in, in Morocco. Arda was saying it's only been, it was out for a very short period of time there at one cinema because it does have a, um, a gay relationship portrayed in it. And, um, yeah, so she said it was very, very good and she gave it um, four hand-embroidered caftans. So if you're up for a bit of um, intrigue and drama and, you know, reading some subtitles and and celebrating some good movie, then you can give us a call um, during an ad break, 949-42100. Gee, that was right. Well done. I didn't even have to think about it that time. And Cecilia is here. Welcome. Hello. She was obviously more than halfway here. Yes. Halfway. <laughs> Did you hear me say... If you're halfway here, you probably missed that because you're on your way up. I don't know. Or she wasn't listening to us, which is rude. <laughs> rude. Mm. I did try and tune in. It was a bit staticky. Oh. Static. Is that the word? Staticky. Static? Static? Yep, Static. something like that. Something like that. But anyway, we were just talking about that um, we've got Scream to talk about. And you saw a bunch of movies, but we don't know how much we're going to squeeze in exactly. tonight. Um, <laughs> shall we just jump into Scream? Why not? Why not um, scream away? We can talk about Scream because we've all seen that film. We have. So I have to admit I've only seen the the original f- two, first two. I didn't see the third one where apparently, I don't know what was happening actually in the third one or the fourth one. Um, I did see the fifth one, which I think was the one before this because this one's number six. Look at how good I'm doing. Doing well. Um, you've got Tara and her sister who is, um, it's not a spoiler, she's... She's the spawn of Billy from the first movie. 
Um, and, you know, she's she's got some mental health issues. And how, Ghostface how did, is trying to kill everyone. How did that happen, though? Because, like... They had sex. Well, Her mum and I Billy had sex. Yeah, I understand... <laughs> I understand the uh, how it works biologically. Do we biologically. need to have the birds and the bees? Yeah. Again, I feel like it's just, oh my goodness. Bi- biologically, I understand how it happened, but did he like? Because he was going out with Sydney. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, he was a murderer, and he like so having an affair with his <laughs> yeah, hel- high know. school girlfriend is not but like did he, out so of he, character. He, so. He knocked somebody else up is, is what you're saying. Yep. Did he know about this baby or was this like a surprise? Well, couldn't be surprised when he's dead. But would it have been a surprise <laughs> to him had he had been alive? I don't remember because I did see the Scream 5 where it's all explained and I saw it last year. Not actually that long ago, to be fair. I think it was the start of this year and I've forgotten it already. Because Scream films, other than the original one, mm. um, are kind of meant to watch, enjoy it while you're watching it, but then kind of like forget everything afterwards because it's not necessary for life. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I, I hadn't seen a Scream film other than one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I had... I did not see four and five, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then this was my, my first time getting back in. I dipped my toe into the, the scream pool. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Like, it was it was a real throwback, a bit of, um, uh, you know, reminiscing of, of days gone by. Uh, although I, I do think that the, uh, the old um, scream films were more PG horror films, whereas this one was very uh, slasherific. Um, because there was a lot of stabby, stabby, stabby going on. Well, I mean, that that's the whole point of a slasher film is that there are knives and they stab people. But it was there was lots of gore in it and I think just over time people have got a little bit more relaxed about goriness in films since, since Scream came out, maybe. Well, I don't we, know. We went through the... Obviously, the 80s, we had the uh, mm-hmm. original slasher films, Freddy, Jason, yeah. uh, Mike Myers. Um then we went into the 90s and we got the PG slasher film. So, you know, Scream being mm. the, the major example of that. But then I also, know what you did last summer. I know what you did last summer. You know, um, Final Destination, mm. all those ones where they were horror films. But were they? Well, I mean, um, you know, Final Destination, I still can't drive behind a truck with, yeah. <laughs> with anything on it, let alone tree trunks. But then, then obviously uh, we went into the... Uh, you know, oh, The Faculty, that was another one. I watched a lot of them. Oh, I yeah, worked yeah. at a, a uh, video yeah, yes. store back in the day. Sorry, keep talking. But then we went into the... Uh, the Don't whole, keep talking, cough. No, <laughs> uh, we went into the, the whole uh, period of the, the um, torture porn films, mm. which I think pushed the, the envelope really far. Yeah, I didn't like those ones. Yeah, but now we've, we come back into into more like uh, some of the, you know, bringing back, uh, you know, Halloween and doing these, you know, um, requels and sequels and that sort of thing. So, you know, Scream coming back seems to make sense and I think they've done a really good job of it. Yeah, and it's that whole meta-horror genre mm. in that, you know, it, it's self-aware, it's self-referential and it makes fun of itself and the genre, which I think Scream was really a first for that meta-horror. I'm not sure, I can't quite recall a film prior to that I don't think that so. Self-aware of itself. I'm not sure. I mean, I could, I should know this, <laughs> um, but I, it kind of broke boundaries, not just for being a slasher flick, but for being a meta horror mm. um, as well, which was really that genre, um, and, th- and it's probably the the best example of that genre. I friggin' love that movie, mm. and watching this just made me want to rewatch it. But should we give a brief synopsis about what this particular one is? Sure. <laughs> 
So, you, you, do you want me to cover this one? Um, Shall I? Or do you want to do it, Lewis? I feel like I'm going to talk a lot tonight. That's why I just yeah. wanted to hold uh, back. Okay. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Okay. So following... We don't talk about this before, folks. <laughs> Can you yeah, tell? As, as I said, like I didn't see the the last two before this one. So uh, on the weekend, I watched a uh, overview of what had happened in all of the Scream films. I was trying to like you know, coax my wife into coming to see it with me, but she was not to be coaxed. Um, <laughs> and after seeing this one, I'm kind of like happy because yeah, I think maybe there was a bit too much stabby stabby for for her liking. So, mm. um, but anyway, following on from the uh, latest Ghostface killing, so that um, Scream Four went back to Woodsboro and. As you said, uh, you have got um, Sam Carpenter, uh, who was uh, being uh, stalked by the Ghostface Killer in the previous film because she is the the spawn of one of the original Ghostface Killers. And uh, her and her her brother and their friends, uh, Mindy and Chad, and her sister Tara. Hang on a second. Whose brother? Hey, sorry. No. Sam's brother. So Sam's sister. Okay, there yeah. we go. <laughs> Just Sam, making sure we're on the same yeah, yeah. page. I was like, wait, did I miss <laughs> yeah, something? No, no. So Sam's sister, uh, G- Tara Carpenter, played by General Ortega. How small does she look? Like compared to She's teeny tiny. Uh, Melissa Barrow, who plays Sam Carpenter, and then Jenna Ortega. Because I think in um, Wednesday, most of the cast is around the same height as her. But here, like her, well, I mean, half sister. Mm. Like, you know, clearly, uh, you know, her, her, whoever um, her dad was, was a midget. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's tiny compared to to Sam, who's, who's huge. <laughs> was a bitch. Well, no, it was just like it was just such a variance. You don't generally speaking with um, if you've got like the same parents, they're you're kind of around the same. So you don't have one one that's like massive and one that's they you kind of like either giant or, or tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it matters not. She is tiny, and that's that's not noticeable. She's a pocket rocket. Yeah, not noticeable in um, uh, in Wednesday, but very noticeable here. But uh, so they, the, there's four of them. There's four people who survived. The core the, four. The core four survived like. the Woodsboro um, slasher flip fest last year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, literally, it was released, released last year. Um, they've all moved to New York, New York. And, uh, you know, they're going to college and, you know, they're trying to get on with their life. But, of course, Ghostface is going to come back and torment them again. And the thing about the um, Scream franchise uh, as opposed to other kind of horror franchises is that, you know, in Nightmare on Elm Street, it's always Freddy. And mm-hmm. Freddy's always Freddy. In uh, the... in um, Halloween, it's always Mike Myers. In, uh, you know, it's just in Friday the 13th, it's always Jason. It's always the same killer. Whereas in Scream, it's a different killer or killers, and you've got to kind of figure out what their motivation is, mm. or they're going to tell you what their motivation is at some point down the track. And uh, this, this film, like, uh, yeah, before it started, there was this great. Um, uh, like promo by the Ghostface Killer, telling you, you know, don't give any spoilers. Mm. And he also said, you know, don't talk during the movie. Turn mm-hmm. your mobile phone off. Mm-hmm. Don't disturb other people, or I'll kill you. And, and people listened, didn't they? Yeah, they listened. That's because... what they need to do. Be more threatening. <laughs> Every single, regardless of what movie it is, they need to have the Ghostface Killer come out and say, "Do not talk, or I'll kill you." And, and you know, to back it up, have somebody there actually in the Ghostface Killer mask and just like standing Watching with arms the whole them. time. Doesn't have to be a real person. Could be a mannequin. <laughs> uh, I just think it's going to be. I think it's going to work. It's going to stop people from talking. Uh huh. Yeah. You would hope. Yeah, you would hope. <laughs> Well, you only have to stab a few people for people to learn. <laughs> really, feel like this yeah. is getting creepy. Yeah. Um, 
But I think you've kind of summed up what the the mm. story is. They've got some new friends, and I really have they have they got new friends or have they got cannon fodder? That's the question. Well, I mean, you never know. Yeah. People, anyway, um, I did like the start of this movie. Um, I, I enjoyed seeing. I enjoy seeing um, Tony Revolori in anything. Uh, he was the dude who. Well, I'm not. I won't go into it. But he was at the start. You know who he was. I just enjoy him and everything. Um, and and then things carry on, and, and then you have to figure out who who done it. Who done it? Who's wearing the suit? Because I suppose we're so used to all of the 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 trope, I guess, mm-hmm. in the screen movies that it's always somebody different. So you're sitting there wondering who could it be? Mm, what's the motive? Yeah. Oh, I have to admit I much preferred last year's release of Scream. I felt like it really um, deconstructed itself a lot more and it really um, made fun of itself more and those classic horror tropes. Mm. And I don't know if you remember this scene, Rachel, but I think it's an absolute banger is when um, there's somebody in the kitchen of this house and you've got that classic trope, horror trope of opening up a door and expect the tension's building and you're expecting someone to be behind that door when you open it. And I think this guy's walking around the kitchen and opening multiple doors and I think there's like six doors. It's the bathroom mirror as well. well. He's opening and closing the bathroom mirror a few times. So you keep expecting to see something. Yeah. So I think they did that that well i think in this movie i think they just it felt like an unnecessary sequel i don't know yeah there wasn't a lot of horror tropes that they made fun of that i felt like that's what this franchise is known for and i think that the last film did it so well and i had so much more fun with that film yeah in this film it was it, it was more serious i felt but mm. um i mean i didn't dislike it there was some return of some you know characters that you know throughout the franchise and that you get to see and um yeah you know i think they will keep making these films though because it, they bring in audience i think it's a potentially good setup for another one yeah um, and obviously I won't go into detail about what that might be. But I think if they just grow some balls and, and do what I think they should do, then I think it would be really interesting. Um, but it's just a it's, it's just a popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. You go there, you enjoy it, you leave, you go and get dinner. Oh, yeah. it's, it's your night done. I uh, I thought it was was great. Um, I, I like that there's a lot of female leads in it mm-hmm. as well. Um, so there's I think there's more female characters in this than there is male characters. Yeah. So um, and they're doing a lot of talking about not getting killed. So it'll definitely you know uh, pass a Bechdel test. Um, oh yeah, they're not just talking about. Uh, no. Well, I mean, Ghostface is is genderless. Really, mm. you don't know. So they're talking about. Ghostface killing them. They're not talking about a man. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. This is true. Um, the the interesting thing though is it is set in New York, right? And there are several murders throughout the film, and these murders are attributed to to a person wearing a ghostface mask. At no point in the movie does the mayor of New York say, "I'm banning ghostface masks." So I know, it's it's, it's Halloween, and they're everywhere. Yeah, like, well, it, it, it would ruin the movie, wouldn't it? I know. But and the other thing is, is after all these teens have been through, wouldn't one of them have a gun? Yes. <laughs> like, like, honestly, wouldn't you have that available to you if you had been previously almost killed? Yeah. I would. I feel like, and, and they, you know, Samantha's quite heightened with her fear and her anxiety about possibly being killed. 
So you would think she'd have more than a, a stun gun, mm. although she does use it effectively I'm not sure and quite the, entertainingly. Yeah, I'm not sure what the, uh, the the clothes carry laws are in New York, whether you're able to get a licence to have a concealed uh, weapon. But uh, again... Doesn't this, everybody have guns yeah, over there? I don't yeah, know. I'm again, making an assumption yeah, again, here. A wild is, assumption. <laughs> this is just uh, you know facts getting in the way of a good story, really, at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, it c- completely is. There was one thing that did piss me off about this film, though. Um, yeah, obviously, it's a very stressful situation getting hunted by a person who's going to stab you. Mm. But there was a scene where Samantha is, is staying there and she's just like, oh, I'm smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, dude, you do not need to do that. This The character has not smoked at all before and all of a sudden it's like, I'm stressed, I'm having a cigarette. Wrong message to be putting out there. So mm. I was very, when I saw that, I was just like, God, just don't show that kind of I, I stuff. I thought it didn't make sense either. Yeah. I was like, why was that necessary? Because it generally in movies these days, smoking is seen as a character flaw. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, if they were putting that there to show that, hey, she's a bad guy. I don't know. I just didn't get the reasoning because I, I know she kind of went off the rails for a while. In the, in the previous movie you got the indication that she's, you know, been a bad girl or whatever. Mm. So is this like, did she used to smoke? It just felt like unnecessary. Like, what's yeah. the point of this? Completely unrelated to anything. Mm. Um, did anyone notice, apart from me, um, the person at the Halloween party at the frat party wearing a Wednesday? Wednesday? Yes. 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 Ah, clever. Uh-huh. You just saw her back, but I was like, ah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, the little things. Well, I'm going to give this two and a half unmoving faces. Wow, only two and a half. Wow, okay, fair enough. It's all right. It's just it's not, you know. I'm going to score it three and a half ladders. Hey, I like it. I'm going to give it uh, three and a half prop departments because there was a lot of, uh, you know, props that were used. Like from old films used in this film. Yes, yes, very good. All right, cute boy, let's go to a movie. Uh, sorry, it's just a reference from, from the movie that we saw yesterday. <laughs> oh, yes, fair enough. <laughs> All right, we've got an ad. We'll be back in a sec. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So um, did you guys see that little footage of Jen Ortega doing some award presentation with Audrey Plaza? I did not. Oh, I don't know if it's an old video or a new video, but they're like, I don't understand why they've, put us together yeah I don't understand either and then like just they had a bit of a vibe going on because they're both kind of dark characters they and are dark characters. anyway um the only reason I mention this is that if you've got Netflix and you want to see more Audrey Plaza there's a movie called Emily the Criminal it's kind of cool it's about credit card fraud um and I'm going to give it three and a half flat screen TVs that's all I'm going to say about it because we've got lots to talk is it about based on a true story though just out of curiosity? I don't know. I don't think it is. Mm. Based on the ending, I don't think it is. Interesting. But I think it was a really interesting look at how credit card fraud probably actually happens. Oh. And it's like, wow, this is really scary. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was just a really interesting look. And it's like, you know those movies where you're like, don't do that. That's a mistake. Oh, they've done that. What's going to happen now? Oh, well, if you do that, that's also going to happen. Well, that was a dumb idea because now look what happened. They're digging themselves Yep, just deeper, deeper and deeper and, and deeper, deeper, which mm-hmm. are, I find always intriguing. But anyway, it's on Netflix, Emily the Criminal. But what do you have for us? Many things. I do, I've seen 
I've been off for the last few weeks and in that time I've seen a lot of films. I've seen, I've got four films, but I'm probably not going to cover them off. So I'm going to start with a film called Till. Mm -hmm. This is out today uh, in cinemas and it's a historical drama from Nigerian-American writer-director Shioni. I think it's Shioni Shakwa. And she's best known for a film called Clemency, which was released back in 2019. Now, I feel a little bit naive, but I didn't know much about this story going in. So it was a little bit of a a learning curve for me. But it's the true story of uh, Mami Till Mobley's pursuit of justice for her 14-year-old son, Emmett Till, who was uh, brutally uh, lynched in 1955 mm-hmm. while visiting his cousins in Mississippi. Now, his body is so badly mutilated that you don't recognise him and yet Mammy allows a journalist to photograph his body uh, on the autopsy table, which kind of causes this major media frenzy. And what follows is really a mix of courtroom mm-hmm. Uh, drama, social activism and personal tragedy as well. But you've got Danielle uh, Deadweiler who plays uh, Mami and she is such, it's such an amazing performance from her. She kind of shifts from this devastated mother to, to activist throughout. And it's one of those films, it's quite a tough watch, but I think it's really thought provoking. It's essential viewing because you're forced to experience that racial abuse and, you know, the flawed legal system too, in general. So um, only in March of 2022, 67 years after Till's death did America pass the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act of 2022. The bill makes lynching a federal hate crime. Just really astonishing to think it took that long. Um, I I guess on a positive note, the cinematography uh, and costumes are really stunning and really Mm. representative of that time and the performances as well. I'm really stunned um, that Danielle uh, Deadweiler hasn't been nominated for an Oscar for this film. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I think regardless, it's it, it incredibly extraordinary performance. And it's interesting as well, during this trial, um, they tried two defendants and they were all acquitted by an all-white, mm. all-white, wow. all-male jury. So really uh, thought-provoking stuff. Do you guys know anything about the story? I do know quite a bit about the story mm. and... Um, from memory, he was staying at his cousin's house and there was a miscommunication of sorts and, yeah, these a-hole white guys came and and did what they did. But the whole point of of displaying his photo was to to show America this is still happening and you can't treat humans like this. This is disgusting. And, you know, it really was pushing the civil rights movement forward. And I have seen the photos. They are shocking. Um, and, you know, the fact that they that no one was convicted. I feel like recently there's been more news on convictions, but I'm not 100% sure because mm. it was a while ago that I listened um, to the podcast about it. But... You know, I'll listen to lots of true crime podcasts and sometimes some of them are just too much and that one, the Till one was just a bit too much for me and it's probably just because it's a kid um, and, you know, I don't know, it just is a horrible, horrible story and the fact that there's no justice either was really, um, you know, anger-inducing. But 
it, yeah, it's it is a really strong and very famous story. So I'm not surprised they eventually got around to doing a movie about it. And yeah, I I I know it was on a Thursday, but I was like, mm, I'm not. I'm not putting my hand up for that one. Yeah, it's I a just tough can't do watch. It. And I, I, I watched the movie and then I went home and immediately started looking at this. And then, yeah, I, I did see the actual proper photos. Mm. And because I, I, I had this inkling that maybe it was dramatised slightly for the film, mm. but it's not. Like, mm. it's horrendous, these photos. And I just cannot imagine somebody doing something like this. I just look at it and think, you, think, that's just mm. a little baby because he was 14, he right? Was 14. And, you know, I guess, you know, whatever happened, and there's so many different stories about this potential miscommunication. And I won't go into it too much because people might want to see the film or uncover the story themselves. But, yeah, there's, you know, regardless of what happened, I don't think anyone deserves no. that at all. And um, there's some interesting legal stuff behind this. And I won't spoil the film, even though it's a true story, but I'll, I'll, I won't say anything. But, um, yeah, it, it just really shows how flawed the legal system is even now mm. to this day. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, particularly yeah. the American legal system is terrible. Oh, it, it's, it's ridiculous to think that, um, yeah, there's some stuff in place that, um, yeah, anyway. Because I feel like the, the people were part of the Ku Klux Klan that was supposed to be underground and well it was underground because mm, mm. yeah because of what it was mm. but i feel like they were known in that area as as um clansmen members am i right it didn't delve too much no. into that but you later learn um more about these two men and um yeah there's some laws in place that kind of protect them after you've been um found innocent Mm. Is that the double jeopardy? Yes, thank you. I was trying to think of the law. There's the double jeopardy law. Yeah, because there's no new evidence. Therefore, they can't. Yeah. Anyway, it's Um, it's a mind-boggling thing, and I'm I'm probably not giving quite the accurate information. There's lots of podcasts out there that will give you the correct information. But how how are you scoring this based on, you know? (laughs) It, like not the topic itself, but the the filmmaking and the acting. Yeah, I guess. like I said, it's really essential viewing, and the performances itself were fantastic. So I'm going to score this a four. Four. What do you give this? Hmm. Four. Stunning performances? Yeah, four stunning performances. Thank you. Love that. Oh, my goodness. Um, we might quickly go to another couple of ads and come back uh, with some more for you. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So you're talking about... Mm, what happened there? <laughs> you're talking about a film called To Leslie, which I believe is showing at Luna um, Cinemas, isn't it? It is. It's um, out now. Nice uh, segue there. Lovely segue. It's uh, a bit of an indie flick. It's loosely based on a true story as oh, well. Oh, really? Uh, about a woman called Leslie. Uh, in this film played by Andrea Riseborough, and she's a Texas mother who wins the lottery... Uh, but after some really poor decisions and a few short years later, it's all gone. Uh, drugs, alcohol kind of come into play, are a little bit responsible. But we meet her at her worst. She's been kicked out of a motel she's living in, uh, has no job. She's an alcoholic and her relationship with her son and her parents is strange. And pretty much everybody in this entire town dis likes her for one reason or another. Yikes. Uh, so we kind of get flashbacks to give us 
an idea of, you know, better times, etc. But uh, with no friends or family to support her, she meets uh, this hotel manager played by Mark Maron who gives her a bit of a chance, uh, a job, a place to stay. And from here she, you know, attempts to rebuild her life. So it's kind of a gritty drama but a hopeful one Mm -hmm. at as well. Uh, and I think, yeah, Andrea Riseborough, she's been nominated for an Oscar for this film and it was quite controversial at the time. A lot of people, uh, the Academy said it was reviewing the nomination because it seemed what? to... Yeah, I know. It, it seemed to come out of uh, left field and, you know, um, there were concerns that, you know, it was a result from promotional campaign rather than the performance. But Ooh. they later announced that the nomination will stand and I agree completely. I think this was such That's a really crazy. I know. How do they, how do they nominate though? Like is it like does everyone who's a member throw their like a nomination like their vote in or mm. it'd be interesting to know that. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just know there was a little bit of controversy uh surrounding that. But I think this is such a sensational showcase for her. I think that, you know, the performance was so authentic that I almost sometimes felt like I was watching a documentary. Well this is the the thing with with um, with Andrea, she's such an amazing actress, and a lot of the things that she chooses to do are quite out there mm. and different. And um, yeah, she's done some uh, really amazing work. So I'm I'm glad she's finally got a nomination because I think she's done some really fantastic films over the years. Um, yeah. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, she she manages just to play this character that you kind of slightly feel sorry for, but you also really dislike her because she's made mm. some poor decisions too. And, yeah, you've got Mark Maron and Alison Janey is an all, also in this film. Oh, nice. Um, brilliant in supporting roles. But, yeah, a really... Uh, I really, really enjoyed watching this film unfold mm. and the performances as well were just fantastic. And, uh, yeah, this is um, written by Ryan Bianca and directed by director Michael Morris, who this is his feature directorial debut. His previous work includes a lot of TV mm. drama, um, Better Call Saul, 13 Reasons Why, so those real kind of gritty kind of bleaker films but yeah i I really enjoyed this film i think it's a real standout flick and i'm going to score it to four and a half four and a half bottles of vodka oh dear um did you guys remember seeing the film brighton rock at all 2010 and it's got um sam riley and uh andrea riseborough in it i remember seeing this and you know dame helen mirren and is it Sir John Hurt? I think so. Um, yeah. I remember seeing her in this film and I think it was the first thing I saw her in. I was like, ooh, she's somebody. She is somebody. And I remember it being like a really full-on, very interesting film. So if you can find it anywhere, Brighton Rock. It's like about like criminals in the 40s and 50s in, in England, like gangster sort of stuff. Really, really cool. Um, so that was that was that was to Leslie to Leslie, which is out now. You did see another couple of films. I don't know if you want to squeeze. We've we've got time. Shall I talk a little bit about Champions? Just yeah, because Woody, Woody Harrelson is in this film, and who doesn't want to, you know, hear about a film yeah. with Woody Harrelson? Um, so Woody plays a former minor league basketball coach uh, in the, in this film who receives this court order to manage a team of players with intellectual disabilities and you know initially he goes into this doesn't want to do it but I guess you know as 
as you would imagine this story progressing, he soon realises that, um, you know, together they can, you know, really achieve more than they imagined. And it's a story about the underdogs and, you know, friendships as well uh, here. And, yeah, it's interesting. You've also got Caitlin Olsen in this uh, who plays the love interest. Uh, You all know her from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see her in a film role because you don't often see her. Uh, And then you've got... (gasps) Sorry, I just got excited. I saw Ernie Hudson was in the... Was in the... Yes, yeah, yeah, you've got a, a lot of familiar faces and then some wonderful um, actors with actual intellectual disabilities as well. The only problem I had with the film, it was slightly too long and how do I say this without feeling, I don't want to get criticised by saying this, but I felt like this film had permission to be a little bit more fun, mm-hmm. but I felt like they pulled that back because they were afraid of perhaps offending people. Mm. But I think this was... Does that make sense to yeah, you Yeah, it does. It's interesting. The director's uh, an interesting choice for this film. Bobby Farley, who, of course, you know, known for Dumb and Dumber and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, all those kind of... Uh, That's probably, probably why they probably why they pulled it back. It's like well, I'm surprised that there was no not enough comedy in it, being mm-hmm. that he's a comedy director. But yeah. his kind of comedy can be quite, uh, I guess, not offensive, but like you know, um, bottom of the barrel type humor. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's the kind of humor he has directed in the past. But it's kind of dumb humor. But yeah, so interesting choice for for um for that. But I I don't know. I I do understand what you're talking about, and I think you know there's a a lot of films with with people with Down syndrome in that. Um, because I don't know if all of them have that particular um whether they've all got Down syndrome or that there's lots of different people in there. But you know, they've got a sense of humour. Like what. They really do. And, yeah, I, I agree. I felt like it was their I time be to... be generalising. I feel like I need to shut up now. No, I think it's like you do... And I think you do see a lot of films and they do have a sense of humour and that's what I love about it. And I felt like, yeah, going into this being directed by Bobby Farley, it potentially could have gone one of two ways. But I felt like it was too politically correct in a way. I was mm. expecting a lot more comedy and humour. Not so much to make fun at people with intellectual disabilities. No. Not at all. But for them to... Um, have a bit more creative freedom, and I felt yeah. like there was a. Uh, they were kind of that was a little bit taken away um, in this particular film. And look, Woody Harrelson as well is always Woody Harrelson. I felt mm. like you know he he didn't really, um, you know, his acting chops weren't on display particularly in this film. It was a fun film. Um, I enjoyed the friendship and the underdog story and this idea that we're all champions. So I think, mm. you know, in that respect, there's a lovely story there. I just felt like, yeah, it might have just been a little bit too uh, PC and I felt like this was the, the type of film you could have a little bit more fun with um, as well. Um, last week, I think it was, I was reviewing all those short films that were up for the Oscars and one of them was an Irish very Irish send-off or something to that effect. And there was two brothers who'd lost a mum and one of them had Down syndrome. And that movie was hilarious. And I think the whole point of bringing humour is to be like, well, you know, everyone's the same. You know, we're on the same level here. So it's really, yeah, an odd choice. But anyway... 
There you go. It is in cinemas now. Um, if you like sports films, if you like films about friends and overcoming things. So, yeah, it is in cinemas and I'm going to score this a three... Three travelling Shakespeare vans. Oh, nice. Interesting. There you go. We'll be back. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Just uh, a couple of things before, a couple of housekeeping. <laughs> love that housekeeping. You love it when you go to things and they're like, <laughs> just housekeeping. We've got like toilets on the left and exits on the right. And, um, don't do this, don't do that. And, <laughs> we, and we've got tickets right here in front of me. Um, so we do have uh, two double passes to the Blue Caftan, which is coming out next week and is part of the Perth um, Festival. So... Um, if you are interested in those, please do send us a little message through on the, uh, through on Facebook, Facebook yeah. um, and we will get them posted out to you um, as as soon as we get your information. Um, so, do you remember Cecilia? A couple of um, I don't know when it was a year or two ago, we both were talking about a terrible show that we couldn't stop watching on Netflix called Firefly Lane. Yes, I do recall this. I that do. TV series was terrible and I couldn't help but watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think when I first watched it, I liked it and I scored it highly. And then I thought, what the hell was I thinking? Uh, so I'm watching the second season <laughs> because <laughs> it, it kept popping up on my Netflix and I'm like, no, you were poorly written and really annoying and, and really predictable and just, oh, fine, I will watch you. Stop staring at me like that. So I started watching it and then I can't stop watching it because they always pepper it with like, oh, you're going to find out something and you're like, oh, well, now I have to keep watching so I can find out that thing. It's very oh, annoying. I saw it pop up. I'm like, should I? Shouldn't I? Plus, so I haven't done it yet. I'm mildly <laughs> offended that they keep referring to Sarah Chalk as like her character is a loser and someone no one would go out with him like, She's just got glasses, dude. Like, calm your farm. Like, geez, Louise. I know. I know. Yeah, I don't know Choose if I can do button. it. I don't know if I can do it. But um, oh, I, I'm, 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 like, uh, what's that word? Um, angry watching. Angry no? watching. Invested in angry watching. Uh huh. Yeah. You want to see it unfold? Do you think this will be the the last one? Oh, no, season, I'll definitely end up watching more of it and being annoyed with myself that I'm doing it. But That's I'm, all right. I'm pretty Guilty pleasure. You know what? I just I don't like Catherine Heigl. Yeah, I think that's the turn off for me in this. And you know, I find her character really like somebody I would never want to associate yes. with. And I feel like she treats her best friend like poorly, rubbish. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to be friends with her. Hell no. But anyway, that's on Netflix I'd, if you want to hate watch something. I'd just like to say that uh, Kat and I started watching that. Oh. And we got a couple of episodes in and went, yep, screw this. <laughs> this is not good television. Let's not watch it anymore. Okay, so I'm glad we're all on the same mm-hmm. page. It's rubbish and I don't know why I'm still watching it. I think it just, it, I'm like, oh, for can God's sake, not, I'm going to have to keep watching this. Can you not just this. like um, go, I don't want to see, see this, this anymore? This? I want to unfollow this. Mm, I think I want to unsee it so I like forget that I watched it. But I've got <laughs> another like <laughs> four episodes. <laughs> uh, now I've started, I feel like I have to finish it, even though I'm just, it's annoying. There's some sweet spots in Guilty it. Guilty pleasures. I don't know. It's well, there was some. There had to be something there because it got me going. It got you going. I yeah, there had to be something. It's there. Ben Lawrence, I think. Maybe is that what his name is? I think so. Lawson. Sorry, Ben, ben Lawson. Lawson. Mm. Mm. He's very watchable. He Sarah watchable. Chalk is watchable as well. It's just that Catherine Heigl. 
Maybe they had a different character, a different <clears throat> actress. Actor. Oh, you know who I was thinking? Mandy Moore. Because the oh, yeah. the young version of the character, Tully, and Mandy Moore look way more alike than her and Catherine Heigl. But anyway, do, we digress. Do, do you remember when she was in everything? Uh, yeah. Yes, she, I do. Then she went away. Oh, yeah, because she was really hard to work with yeah. and people said she was a yach. So um, she stopped getting work and I guess she was like, please give me something to do. Um, anyway... Let's move on to... It's a documentary, is it? It is. I, again, did not know anything about... <gasps> about Shackleton. Shackleton. For real? I didn't. Fascinating stuff. I feel stuff. like such... I seriously did not go to the right school, obviously. But, no, um, it's it's not... I never learnt this at school. I'm into macabre things and oh, so... so this is why you know a little bit about yeah. Shackleton. But I didn't even know it was a documentary either. I, I rocked up thinking it was an actual film and then it, it started going and I was like, oh, cool, documentary. I can do this. I didn't mind. But it is uh, called Shackleton, The Greatest Story of Survival and, of course, it charts the true story of uh, Polar Explorer. Sir Ernest Shackleton and his crew as they kind of fight for their life while visiting well visiting's not quite the right word exploring, exploring Antarctica thank you is the right word um Antarctica and Tim Jarvis is this uh, Australian British explorer and environmentalist who has kind of the only person to ever repeat their same journey mm. um just to see how kind of you know unimaginable it was with those harsh conditions of just trying to trek through the Antarctic with that weather, with the ice uh, and things like that. But um, yeah, it's an amazing story. And, you know, I think the, let alone like the funding that, you know, Shackleton had to pull just to do these expeditions and then Mm. the men he takes on and his leadership as well um, during this was just incredible. He really put his crew first and foremost and made sure that they were okay. But yeah, it tracks their journey and this moment where their ship is kind of stranded and they get stuck on this island and it's cold and then Shackleton, you know, tries to trek into this town nearby to get some help and yeah it's just an incredible story but I love the way they pull this documentary together they use lots of archival footage like actual footage from the expedition because it happened happened in 1915 thank you yes Um, so there was there is some footage there is and these photographs as well and you just see these men there and I just I'm like why are you guys doing this (laughs) why would you put yourself through this that's like the why would you um, climb Everest because it's there? Yeah. Like that because it was it was there, it was not explored um, and, yeah, it, it took multiple times to for him to get like the right funding and the right boat and the right stuff yeah. together and the right men. Yeah. And, and he would get yeah. closer and closer and for some reason have to come back mm. and then, uh, yeah, and there was just times where he would and then have to raise the funding again and then yeah. go out and do it again. And I think there was one time where he was kind of 90 miles away from where he wanted to be after this massive journey and had to turn back for some reason or another. And the, some of the things that they had to do just to survive were horrendous. Um, I don't want to detail it too much, but, you know, having to eat things. That, and this is a doco, not 
not a not a film. Yeah, like, this is a documentary, yeah. and it's yeah, really, it, it's narrated. Well, so it's people talking about it, and it's, yep. they got people reenacting it. Yes, they so you've it, right, got okay. um, Tim Jarvis, who is the who is an explorer who's done similar yeah. journey. He's retraced it, and he speaks about Shackleton uh, and the journey, and then they pull together archival footage. Most of it's actually archival and images and his narration and then just kind of um, landscape shots of Antarctica. There's not a huge amount of re... Um, what's the word? Reenacting. Reenacting, mm. thank you. A lot of it is actually archival footage, which really? makes it so fascinating yeah. being from the 1915. Yeah. Could you imagine filming that back in the day, mm. the equipment you would have had to have? Yeah. Oh, my God. And there's this amazing shot of this ship in the ice, which... because yeah, it's still have you there. Seen this? Yeah. It's still there, yeah. It's, it's amazing, which um, they take this photo and it lights up and just the way it is. But I think the photographer was actually Australian um, from from memory. Possibly. So there you go. But this is such an amazing documentary. I really enjoyed watching this and learning about this. And I think whether or not you're, you know you know anything about Ernest Shackleton, and look, I have heard his name before. I'm not that ignorant. Uh, I just didn't know a lot about him. But I think this is such a fascinating story. And, yeah, it just it boggles my mind to think that people mm. went out and did this in, in the harsh conditions. They didn't show any of the photographs of the men still there, did they? There was those photos exist, by the way. Yes, I think there may have. But there are a few shots that are a little bit like, oh, that's a bit rough. Um, it, it's it's grisly, yeah, because they're relatively well preserved. Obviously, it's yeah. similar to the bodies that are found on Everest. You know, they're mm-hmm. really they're well preserved to a point, and it's 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 they are. Well, well we better wrap this we, up. Yes, we better. Um, Sorry to is, leave it on such a gross note. Do you, but do you, have, do you have a score though? Before I do. Do? I'm going to score this for. Four big ships. <laughs> Four big ships. <laughs> well, I mean, that works. Um, we shall catch you next week, my friends. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.